0: Hello, and welcome to Horror Movies and Shit. I'm your host, Jim, and with me as always is... The less talented Mark that's on this podcast. <laughs> that is that is insanely true, sir.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's how you're supposed to show your guest.
0: It... <laughs> 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 so, uh, it's, it's, we, it's a
2: straight fact. So. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> we do have a special guest with us today. Joining us today is author extraordinaire Mark Tufo. How are you, sir?
1: Good. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you for coming on. You have no idea. I, am, I was a huge fan of the Zombie Fallout series, though I have not finished it yet. So I was extremely excited when uh, you answered my uh, message on Facebook.
1: <laughs> I was just answering to make sure you're going to finish the series, man.
0: Oh, of course I will. However, <laughs> I did get sidetracked. I had this apocalyptic phase, and then I've taken about a two-year break. Because I got into urban fantasy.
1: No, I get it. I'm just I'm... messing around.
0: <laughs> I know, but I will definitely be taking taking getting back into this series. But the one that got me thinking about you again, no offense, was the bleed. I, I, I came across that on Audible, and it was fantastic.
1: Oh, thank you. I uh, so you know, I get I get asked a lot to do collaborations, and uh, oh. I, they're they're tough. They're more difficult than writing a book alone believe it or not
0: how how does that process work? Like I mean there's there's you Chris Philbrook and I'm sorry I forget the third author's name David Moody. Thank you. Sure. Um h- how did that how did that come about that whole project?
1: Uh oh, how did that come about? Well, well, Chris Philbrook and I have been dancing around doing a collaboration for years. And then uh we talked about getting the third in there and uh you know, who better than you know, pretty much a U.K. legend, but Dave Moody. So, David, right. sorry, I didn't want to. So, um, I reached out to him, and he was all all for it. Uh, and actually, David and Chris did a lot of the outlining for those stories. and I just kind of came in and <laughs> penned some parts. You know, I, I helped a bit, but they definitely were the spearheads to that project.
2: So, Mark, how, logistically, how does that work? As far as working with other oh, actors, see,
1: that's where it's hard, you know, because right. we, yeah. you know, for instance, in my case, you know, a couple times they would take some of my characters and do scenes with them, and then I would read it back, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's how that character would act, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's hard if you get any kind of control freak in you, you know, to to let go and let somebody else uh, give a voice to your character, and then, but uh, mm-hmm. no, they did fantastic with what they did you know so then the process it's hard uh because we weren't it wasn't like we we're all sitting in a room and, and writing a scene out together oh that's good that's good like david would write yeah. a write a portion and then hand it off uh, and chris would write a portion and then you know so then i'd have to like read their stuff and then kind of incorporate it into what i was writing but not an easy process i mean in terms of word count for a book, yeah, a lot less words I have to, to write out, but just a lot more work to putting it all together.
2: Yeah, it, it must be very strange for somebody to be writing your characters. I can only imagine it's <laughs> like, that's not, that's, he, he or she wouldn't do that, right, in your head. Yeah, like, mm.
1: sometimes, you know, even like a, a, just a phrase, and you'd be like, ooh, they wouldn't be caught dead saying golly gee willikers, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> right.
0: But- so, I mean, in the first book of the Bleed series, uh, I think it's called Rupture, right? Um, everything's very segmented, because it's before they start exploring the multiverse. Yeah. So, was that, was that each one of you took a segment? Like, you know, one of you started with, you know, the, the lunar colony, and then you had Jenny in London, and then you had um, uh, Eridon and Thistle on the other planet with the, you know, that they're half-gods. Yeah, I mean, that, Wait, is that how
1: that works? Yeah, the first the first book was actually probably the easiest because of that. You know, we we literally were like this is your third, this is your third, this is your third, so a lot easier to put together that way. Whereas the other ones were intertwined. It's like okay, I'm gonna take it from here, and the, you know that kind of thing. So trying to keep it from being you know from especially book two and three not disjointed was a fair amount of work.
0: Yeah. I I can completely understand that. So now, my, my next important question is, if if I'm thinking correctly based on the other book, the other stuff that you've read, that you've written, that I've read, Maddie was your character, right? Yes, was one of your characters. I, that's what I thought because she, I loved her to death. She was awesome, and the the whole storyline with with uh, with between her and Sandra, Sandra. Oh my God, she was she was a great villain.
1: Yeah, I like to. I I don't know what it is why I. I, I, you know, like my villains, like I do, but they're they're fun to write. And and
0: she was a fun character, like she. So, Mark, I know I know you didn't read the bleed, but Sand, the character of Sandra, she essentially was all about self preservation, and everybody else be damned. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end, the the later parts of the story, she actually does become an agent for the bad guy.
2: Oh. Huh. so Mark, for full disclosure, I have not read any of your. Books. However, today I did pick up the uh, first uh, the zombie Fallout book, oh, and I knew, and I knew I was going to enjoy it. Uh, I, I think like the third page.
1: <laughs> well, that that's and, uh, I if if you get to the part about the peephole liquor and you're in. That's it.
2: exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Asshole sure. licking my peephole. Yeah, and I just. Thought, that that is like some sort of funny poetry right there that is yeah the,
1: that's the point where you know it's pretty cool cuz you're only 3 pages in if if you're okay with that line and you find any humor in it you're in for the series if that if you you find yeah. that distasteful and you're out
2: you know you, did, you know, you spent three pages, you know, so... Like, it, it's just even funny to say it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's even what's funny. Like, like never mind anything else. Just saying it, there's, like, a rhythm to it. it it's just... So, yeah, so I, I bought the book. And, and I have a question about, um, like, Kindle and stuff, too, right? And publishing through, uh, you know, in, in this new modern age. And I got, like, the audio, um, the Audible book, too, because I... I generally listen to novels more than I read them because it's just easier uh, on, like, a commute to work, etc. But, like, on Kindle, right, so it's a dollar. So I paid a dollar for that. You know, it's like, how does that work as far as getting paid? And, like, how much does that cut into, you know, how much you get paid? It's, it just seems very strange to me.
1: Well... I'm not gonna. This this is in no way, shape, or form um, giving Amazon any kind of crap. But Amazon's right. huge because Amazon's what they do. Right. Uh, right. So on that 99 cents, how much am I seeing? Man, I don't know. I, I can't imagine it's a dime.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I I was reading some. I don't remember which uh, musician or it was a rapper or something was talking about like Spotify. And, like... How many plays it has to get for them to get like like a dime, and it's like hundreds and thousands and all this. It's like to be a creator um, right now must be very difficult compared to maybe twenty years ago, as far as you know revenue and everything else. It's great for the consumer, although, <laughs> you know, but it, it's it's more difficult for the artist.
1: I mean, it's it's always been geared towards the you know quote unquote label. You know, they've they've always cleaned house while. The artists have, for the most part, I'm not sitting there saying I'm eating ramen seven days a week, but, you know, um, (laughs) it's definitely, it can be challenging for the artist to make a living. I'm I'm actually, you know, knock on wood, one of the the rare ones that just writes. There's a lot of folks that write and then go, you know, sell insurance during the day or whatever else their occupation may be.
2: So um, I've I another. I, I've got more generic questions, That's and fine. Jim will have more um, specific to your books. But um, as far as working, I know some authors are very kind of very structured. They will work like a nine to five schedule, and they'll work. You know, they'll write all that time, and then you know, it's, it's, it's like a regular job. And then some some people do it more in bursts. Um, how do you approach? You know, uh, writing. Uh, it's
1: definitely my job. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's a job I love, don't get me wrong, but but it is a job um, when I, Do you
2: have a sorry, do you have like a set schedule? Do you set your alarm and it's nine o'clock and I'm going to start writing? Or is it just when when you feel like it?
1: I don't set my alarm, but I have two dogs that have to get up <laughs> at 7.30 a.m. So there's my alarm. You know, they're, they're like, right. dude, I gotta pee. Uh, get up. So yeah. <laughs> that is my alarm. Uh, then after we we hang out for a little bit and get my coffee um you know walk into my office and uh, i'm generally working from oh eight to probably four-ish you know uh okay. whether it's writing editing rereading all that fun stuff uh correspondence right but it's so, it's structured
0: are, are you? You? I know when you started, Mark. You were you were self published, right? Are you? Are you still self published? Like you're you're in charge of all the entire process?
1: Uh, I'm I'm what's considered a hybrid. Uh, I have some self published titles, and I also have titles with uh, publishers. Um, I personally, thankfully, have been able to step away from the business aspect of. There's some authors out there that. Do the whole enchilada, you know, the, the marketing, uh, right, the writing, the advertising, and all. I, I can't even imagine putting that all on my plate. But uh, once started to make some sales and stuff, uh, my wife actually took over all the business side of it. So, such a huge oh, nice. help, it's unreal,
2: yeah. And, and you're extremely prolific, I mean, you've written so many books, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: right. uh, it's out That's of it- fear. That's out of fear
0: for sure. <laughs> we, we were having this conversation. I found one list that said you had a total of sixty-three books in you in the "quote unquote" Tufoverse, and one that uh, one list I saw said one hundred and twelve. Though I didn't get through all of that list.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't. One hundred 63's high. I think uh, one hundred twelve seems.
0: I don't know what the heck well, they're talking so about. So the this the Zombie Fallout series it, it's expanded, right? You you have what I think. Eight was it number eighteen? You're on. Was the last one I think I saw so far. Twenty comes out in May. <laughs> okay, so twenty, but then you have you have spinoffs like you have Lycan Fallout, you have Vampire Fallout, right? Uh, and then,
1: no, Lycan
0: Fallout Fallout
1: um, has vampires in it, but I don't have ah. Vampire Fallout. No.
0: Oh, okay, that was my mistake. I apologize. No worries. <laughs> no big deal. Um, but then you also have the Indian Hill series, right? Yes. And then, are are they all connected? Like they're all part of the same universe. That all of this stuff is happening w- within that same. It's it's not the same universe. I I can
1: I'll give you a quick overview of the genesis of this friggin' problem.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: I started Indian Hill way back in college. Didn't finish it, but uh, I wrote the character Mike Talbot. Uh, it Just kind of had okay. him laying around. And then when I got laid off. Uh, what was it? 2009 I don't remember. Um, I to for stress, I started writing again, and the, what I started writing was zombie fallout. And I was like, oh, I okay. got this Mike Talbot character. I'll just use him. Because uh, at this point, it was not to sell a book to anyone. I didn't think anyone would want to buy these, much less read them. So I had now I have two book series with this Mike Talbot, but big deal. I'm, I'm the only one reading it, you know? Right. So, uh, then, you know, one thing leads to another and these books start catching, you know, people like, well, I don't understand. You got this young Mike Talbot in Indian Hill. How does older Talbot in zombie fallout not remember fighting the aliens? I was like, Oh crap. I need a backstory. Mm -hmm. So, uh, there's, there's a point in the books where there's a car crash and that is okay. the divergent point for the multiverses. So Indian Hill Mike does not know Zombie Fallout Mike. There's no crossover. They don't know each other. They've just gotcha. they're living different lives.
0: Well that makes that makes more sense to me then. Because I, I hadn't gotten into Indian Hill yet. You know, I know I know of its existence, but I hadn't had a chance to read it yet.
2: Yeah, it's interesting feedback has kind of led to that creative process too, right? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. so um, uh, whenever whenever you sit down to write um, do, do you like think of and I know you've got recurring characters etc but do you actually think of just like a general plot and then fit the characters into that plot or do you think character first and then plot or is it a, just a bit of a mishmash
1: uh, it's a little bit of a, a mish, uh, mix, mix and match um, I do kind of like to know what I'll, I'll plan out like a scene in my head Um, and what I want to ultimately achieve at the end of this scene or chapter, a book. But I'll let the characters drive the bus, so to speak. I don't care which route they take just as long as they get to the end, you know? So
2: it's definitely a mix. Okay. And how difficult is it to write the comedy aspects?
1: Uh, That's actually surprisingly easy. I, I... I don't know, you know. I just, just, it just,
2: it comes. <laughs> it's just, I think that's one of the most difficult thing. We talk about like horror and comedy, and 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 those are like very difficult to write, and sometimes are even more difficult to put together uh, because they're they're also subjective. So sure, i was just wondering.
1: I'm yeah. a sixth grader at heart, so you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean. We- I think from from the books of yours that I've read it's it's not so much about the comedy it's it's you use it as a vehicle to break tension and and sort of s- shift focus so maybe maybe it just comes more naturally to you in that in that aspect in that respect
1: Yeah I remember um when I first started Zombie Fallout I was actually going to write a straight comedy I was going to actually call it Zombie oh. Follies and then, oh. you know, people started dying. I'm like, well, that's not that funny, you know? So <laughs> maybe I, maybe it's not going to be quite a straight comedy. But, yeah, I, I, people definitely do appreciate, you know, a tense scene. Uh, they get to, you know, relax a couple pages later when something funny happens, you know? Right.
2: So for, so for my limited, um, I, again, I've only read a couple of chapters, but I find your writing style uh, very uh, readable, if that makes any sense, um, it's very easy to follow along with the characters, and you know, kind of have fun with them too. Um, there's some books that I like. You could look at maybe like Dune or something like that. Fantastic book, but I wouldn't say it's very readable. Um, I, you know, you have to like work with it. From what I've read of yours, it's just like you're you're along with it with the ride, so. Um, yeah, I'm, That's
1: awesome. I, I, you know, you, you're talking to a guy that was in, uh, what the heck is it, English, um, you know, I had to freaking take English a couple times in high school, you know, remedial, there we go, yeah. I can't even remember the friggin' word, you know, I <laughs> my grasp on the English language is not uh, super high, so, you know, and I just write how I, I generally act, you know,
0: right. And that's, I, I actually read um, uh, a review of your book that, that talked a lot about how it, it seemed very natural. And it talked about, I, I read an interview that you did where you, you mentioned that you write a lot about what you know. So like a lot of the relationships are sort of natural. Like, And, and I was going to ask you this um, anyway, like, you know, with respect to Michael Talbot, I know a lot of him is based on you because you, you served in the military, right? Yes. Yeah, so thank you for that. Thank by you. the way, appreciate. It. Um, <laughs> then you have Tracy, Nicole, Justin, Travis. So I'm assuming that these are all based on relationships in your real life, like your wife and and your kids. Yeah. My my big question is Henry the dog. Oh, uh, how much of that is based on one of your one of your dogs? <laughs> oh,
1: Henry was a glorious beast. He uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. left us a couple of years back, but um, uh, magnificent animal. Oh, good good dog.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and funny in the book, he he breaks, he does bring a lot of comic relief. I, I laughed way too much at that dog.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's there's um, uh, yeah, I'm sure I won't say anything because of Mark, but uh, you know there's there's a dog in book one that uh, I can't really say anything without giving it away. Yeah. So just leave it alone. I know,
2: I know. He's a the, the English bull, English bulldog. Is that...
0: yeah, Henry? Yeah, Mark. yeah. He's he's a fun he's a fun dog. That's for
2: sure. I would say, number one, um, you can pick out a psycho, right? If they have a dog and they don't say hello whenever you come into the house and goodbye <laughs> whenever you leave, they're probably a psycho.
0: I, I would agree. Yeah. I tend to agree with you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would too. So I do have a question, and I know Mark is just starting the book, but I do, I do want to ask about Tommy. Okay. Because pro- I think he's probably got one of the most interesting story arcs between all the books that I've read so far. Sure. Um, and I'm just curious. Where, where, what was your, what was your thought process with developing that character? <laughs> uh, I
1: was taught he was never supposed to make it off the Walmart roof. I was uh, he was going to die right there and then. To be honest with wow. you, right. Uh, so he was kind of a slow burn because I never really had any intention of bringing that character along for the ride. So. Right. Uh, I don't know how in-depth you want me to go, because you know, spoilers. Yeah, for- I'm trying
0: not <laughs> to spoil anything for it, Mark.
2: It, it, it's okay. You can uh, talk ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I mean, he, he does he does go through a lot of changes in, in, in the book series, right? Yes. So, I'm I'm just curious what... like I, I did read an article where you addressed one of the faux pas about, you know, a, a memory somebody had of him when he was young, but I'm just curious, how how did you, I mean, like that progression from him becoming, um, the, the, the good guy hearing the voice of Ryan Seacrest, you know, the, the compassionate, you know, gentle giant almost, how, how did, how did that arc to what he becomes later develop?
1: Well, that's, that's, you know, that's a character over, you know, what, 20, 20, books and 12 years, uh. Just um, driving his own bus, you know. He found a different right. route. I'm
0: trying, to he be, does, and he's a, trying to be vague. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I completely understand. I do have another question about Eliza. Sure. I need to know. So there's this. There's a kiss scene in this book that was absolutely disgusting, <laughs> and I need to know how that happened because it, it is so graphic and so, like, I, I physically retched. When, after when I read that scene in the book oh, I, can't,
2: I can't wait to get to that part yeah. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> how, how did I write it is that what you're saying? yeah like I mean how, how did that scene come about like what was your inspiration for that scene what what led you to that meetup between those two characters
1: uh, I, I figured it would be a pretty tense confrontation and then you know meeting her face to face and then Mike having such an aversion to germs and her being aware of it i knew it was just going to screw him up and i was like well right. oh, this will be fun <laughs> that
0: was- yeah. and it was it was definitely fun that's for sure <laughs> so um you you have another character too durgan that that we see in a lot of the book um in a lot of the, the first few books what what was your inspiration for that character because he's pretty much a bad guy from the get go right yeah he's not no he, he's not a nice character to deal with uh, you know, uh, I'm sure
1: there's not too many of us that are walking around the planet that haven't dealt with our fair share of, you know, a holes. He's just right. uh, an amalgamation of many of them that I've come across in life.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I do a podcast with one.
0: <laughs> you're such a nice guy, Mark.
2: <laughs> Only kidding, Jim.
0: No, you're not. <laughs> it's, no, not no, it's not no, that yeah. untrue. <laughs> so, Mark, you have another question.
2: Yeah, I, I, and um, I because I love movies, um, and I always think if I if I'm writing something, who do I want? You know, if it's made into a movie, uh, to be like the main stars in it, and who who would I want to direct it?
0: That that's actually a great segue, though, Mark, because um, Mark Mark T <laughs> on one of your Facebook pages, I saw a post that was very interesting that I was going to ask about from December. Of- of uh, last year. Sure. How's that, how's that working out?
1: Um, it, it, I guess it's a wait and see, cause I haven't heard anything since I signed the paperwork. So, uh, okay. I don't know. Is there, you is know, there a movie
2: in, in the works? Is that,
1: um, it's in a developmental stage. Audible created audible studios and they've taken their goal is to take originals, um, original audiobooks and, create stuff for platforms like streaming platforms whether amazon or you know apple tv or hulu or whatever
2: do you you know what's funny um because i'm like i haven't read any of his books i have to like do some research so on imdb it said that back in september of 2012 uh zombie fallout was in (laughs) (laughs) pre-production
1: that's about how long it takes (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. <laughs> but um do you have an uh, like an ideal cast? Say we'll do we'll just do the zombie Fallout. Um uh, do you have like an ideal cast or director or would you like uh, multiple movies or a series? What you know, what what would you like to see?
1: Uh I I think I'd prefer a because I don't know I don't you know, I don't know who gets multi deals anymore except Marvel. Right. Um <laughs> uh, which I love. I'm not definitely not giving them a hard time. Yep. Um so, I'd like a series, because I think you could flesh things out more. You, you would I don't know how you would cram this series into a movie, one movie. I don't think it would work. Uh, when I first was presented with this question, uh, uh you remember the, the show Eureka, the sheriff, Colin Ferguson? I love that show. Mm-hmm. I, I, to me, that would be a perfect mic, you know? Uh, that's fair and BT you know unfortunately the actor has since passed but you know I've always kind of had a MCD in my head when I when I thought about BT you know like Michael Clark yeah. Duncan so
2: oh yeah. he was a, such a great actor oh I he agree was. just you know I mean such a, such a physical presence too yeah without yeah, a
0: doubt without a doubt I absolutely do agree but
1: uh director wise no I you know I, I just be floored that it was actually on the screen, you know.
2: <laughs> so, uh, like a John Carpenter back in his heyday, or somebody like that.
0: No, oh, I wouldn't turn it down. Yeah, yeah of <laughs> course. <laughs> so, you, we we talked a little bit about Indian Hill, and you you mentioned that it was you know an, an alien type book, and then we have the zombie Fallout, which clearly is more more horror based. What's your favorite genre to write? Um. Probably historical romance
1: is one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, that's fair, I guess. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, lo- I really dig writing in the paranormal. Um, it's one of my favorite genres to kind of tap into. Okay, that's fair. But I am writing a fantasy <clears throat> book, uh, so that's
0: fun. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I would, that's really that. I, I, I do love some urban fantasy, not going to lie. I do. It's the it's the paranormal romance I can't handle. That that's a bit much for me. <laughs>
1: well, at least it's, it's, it's yep. Go ahead. At least it's not a
0: dinosaur porn. <laughs> I mean that could be interesting, I guess, depending on what you're really into.
1: That that's real. <laughs> just so we're on the same page, that is real. You can go find that on Amazon. I think it's. Hilarious. I, I,
0: I, but I don't have to, right? You
1: know, please. <laughs> like I could, but I don't have to. No, right? no, yeah. no, you do, Jim. It's just funny to see that an actual book, you know. <laughs> I'm in love with the freaking Velociraptor,
0: you know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, sorry, but back to the books. Now that we're talking about dinosaur porn. <laughs> yeah. So, i so a lot of your characters are based on your your personal relationships, like with your wife and your kids. So, how do they feel when they read some of these storylines, as far as what they're what the characters that are based on them get to experience? Uh... Yeah, if if I had a do
1: over, I wouldn't have done it. I would go back to the beginning of the interview. Um, I didn't really think anyone was going to read them, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, what did it matter who I used? True. I I wish back when I started, I didn't use those names. But um, okay, I know the misses at first was not a happy camper about it, you know. But <laughs> you know, and now it 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 is what it is now, you know.
2: mm Hmm. Now, didn't your wife uh, encourage you to uh, publish your first book? Uh,
1: yeah. According
2: according to the internet,
1: (laughs) maybe she, you know, maybe she thought like I did too—that nobody was going to buy them, you know. So what's the big deal? I don't know, you know.
2: Wait wait till the movies come out.
0: Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) Sorry, that's my dog. Oh, that's okay. We, we all have dogs, so it's yep. okay. Oh, my gosh. That's I'm, looking I'm sorry, guys. I'm just looking at my notes. It's all right.
2: <laughs> so so uh, with the zombie fallout, um, I wonder, because it seems like, uh, you know, that starts with, like, a pandemic, right? Vaccines, yes. et cetera. Swine flu. Right. Uh, which, you know, it, it's funny whenever you read something in the past that's talking about something like that after COVID and you're like, wow, (laughs) yeah, I can see how that could happen. Um, do you find that, um, with the likes of the last of us, you know, there's maybe a cycle coming back with kind of post-apocalyptic, um, especially virus related things. Have you seen any uptick in your sales or interest just because that's kind of,
1: um, I don't, I know The Walking Dead was huge for mm-hmm, with the zombies, because mm-hmm. once the zombies, everybody was like, had to buy, yeah. just consuming zombie stuff, so that was a huge uptick. The problem now is disposable income is not huge, you know, with the prices at the grocery store, at the pump, I mean, just everything is more expensive, you know, so folks, well, do I eat tonight or do I buy a book you know so mm-hmm. it's actually you know it's hitting harder um, in terms of sales as opposed to lifting up I, I don't think that has anything to do with Last of Us I just think it's the state of things
2: at the moment well I, may, I mean the simple answer to that is you buy a book you read it then you eat it well, <laughs> <then> I <know. laughs> maybe I should start making them on rice paper so you can boil it <laughs> there you go wow, wow.
0: I'm going to copy a genius, right. I was going to say, that's a genius idea. That could Eatable that readables. Fun. That's soy-based ink. We have was, a million dollar that, idea here.
2: That book was spicy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim, do you have any more um, of your own internal questions that you want to ask? I, mean,
0: I, did, I did have some more more character-driven <laughs> stuff, but I don't want to ruin the book series for you. Oh, don't worry about me. So I do. I am curious, though. What What was your What was your driving force for Eliza? Like, what What to you motivates her the most?
1: Um, it's funny. I haven't thought about her in five or six years. Um, yeah. She She was actually not supposed to exist either. So neither of those people, Tommy or Eliza, um. It was actually my brother came up with the idea about it for her, and I, I, I kind of ran with it. Yeah, uh, her motivation, I guess, as opposed to mine, hers has always been anger. You know, that's right. that's her driving force. So I don't know if I answered your question, but I, I think I'd need more time to dwell on it. I haven't actually thought about her for a good long many years.
0: Well, yeah, because I mean, I know, I know she focuses pretty heavily in in the first. F- several books but i know i know she's not she doesn't well i, I don't want to ruin it mark but she <laughs> probably, sure. she's, a, she's a very prominent character in the in in several of the books we'll just say that <laughs> yeah but she she was definitely a fun character because you you got to like you could tell she was motivated by something she wasn't just a a, a mindless killing machine no no and that's that's the part i like the most about that character
1: yeah it's um I've, I've found that, you know, villains are, are fun characters to write. I don't know if either of you have or should ever read my Tim series, but, you know, that was a chance for me to uh, dive deeper into villain territory.
0: I just discovered your Tim series today when I was doing research for this episode. Oh, and I thought, I need to look at that. <laughs> if,
1: yeah, if you started reading it, you would have decided not to have me on. <laughs>
2: So well, It sounds like something I want to read. <laughs> I, like, I like the darker stuff than Jim. He does. It's definitely, he definitely that.
0: Does. It's definitely that. So I have a question about audiobooks because I, I consume most of my, my books but via audiobook. Um, and I, I love the narrator for the Fallout series. Sean, Sean Runette is one of my favorite audiobook narrators ever. Um, do you get much say in, in the people that narrate your books? Uh, <laughs> so way back in the day
1: uh i had company tantor great people great company they reached out and they wanted the audio rights to zombie fallout and right I, back then i was like audiobooks who listens to audiobooks nobody you know all i can think of was my mom in the kitchen with the cassettes on the crappy tape recorder machine and i was like whatever man give me the money you can have audio rights uh Right. Then a few weeks later, they reach back out and they're like, oh, we, we found a narrator we think you'll like, uh, this guy Sean Runette And I was like, I don't care. I, I really couldn't give a crap one way or the other. And uh, come to find out, Sean Rennett's just amazing. And, you know, he blew the series up for me, you know. So, yeah. you know, with the, I attribute as much as my success to my writing as to more so even probably Sean Rennett's narrating.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely. The narrator agree.
2: can really make or break um, a story.
0: I agree. 100%. It does hundred percent, and it's hard. if you don't believe the narrator's voice, especially when they're doing a character, it it really does detract from the, whether the story is good or not. It doesn't matter because if I'm listening to somebody that I, I just can't handle their voice, I'm, I'm not going to listen to the whole
2: thing. But but you know, and I, I don't understand how this happens. Like I I've, I've listened to audiobooks where the narrator mispronounced mispronounces words like I, I don't even understand that do you not have an editor or somebody that's listening to you that's like that's, that's not how you pronounce that word
1: you know um it's hard but, you know i i know that uh like the first book or two that sean had done i listened to the whole the whole way back but that was i haven't listened all the way through since then you know so i'm I mean, he's a professional, so I, I leave it to him,
2: you know. So, I, I, yeah. I will tell you this: like one of my favorite authors is English author um, Graham Masterton, and I was listening to one of his audiobooks and the narrator says, "This is a book by Graham Masterson." I'm like, you can't even get the author's name right. <laughs>
1: this isn't be- yeah,
0: that's not off to a good start. <laughs> and i i actually listened to to an audiobook. it was like 75 hours because it was a giant omnibus of the entire series of this this wow. urban fantasy book i listened to and they they changed narrators because unfortunately the, the previous narrator passed away oh. uh, before the last book was finished and the new narrator was good but they said words differently and it annoyed the crap out of me
1: that's um i, just, I did um i did a short story i guess a novella uh in Nicholas Sanberry Smith's um, Extinction Cycles. Uh, I brought ugh. some of my characters over and did it for them, and they had a completely different narrator do my characters, and people just hated it.
0: because. Just- no, no, no. I need those details, because I love that universe. Um, <laughs> the Nicholas Sanberry Smith? Good guy. He's a good dude. Yeah, I, I absolutely... I loved Extinction Cycle. That was the first series of his that I read, and then... Um, I got into orbs because Bronson Pinchot is another great audiobook narrator. Yeah,
1: he's the one that I'm talking about. I didn't want his, his name.
0: <laughs> oh well, <laughs>
1: there it is. You heard it um, first, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, sure yeah. he's super talented. He just, he, um, with my characters, uh, people were, you know, didn't like the way he had um, portrayed them. You know, they That's obviously they've been listening to my guys for 15 books at that time. And, right this you know bronson comes in and does it his own way so
0: and, which which characters are we talking about here what, what characters crossover oh man i'm not even 100 sure that was like five or six
1: years ago too i think mike is in there
0: I, i'm gonna i'm gonna have to look this up
2: yeah i, I mean i guess it's the same as if you watch like a tv series and you have somebody playing a character and then you know you, you watch that series for like six or seven seasons and then they change the actor, right? Sometimes that the new actor can be great, but it's just yeah. different. Yeah. And you're used to what you're used to, and you're like, eh, yeah. uh,
1: And, you know, it sounds so easy being a narrator. It's in your head. All you got to do is read a book. So after being banned from YouTube for a couple of years, I finally got my channel back. Go figure.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: And so uh, just as a little thing, I read a few pages of my books, you know, and and... God, I try to act them out, and it's it's horrible. Like I sound like crap, but it's fun, and I laugh while I'm doing them, so it's all good.
2: Well, it's like you know, you think about an actor, right? So an actor is in a TV show or a movie, and they're playing usually one character, perhaps two. But when you're a narrator, you have to play all the characters. Yeah,
1: I don't know how they do it. They that that. I got a whole not that I didn't already appreciate what they do, but that was a whole new level for me. go, wow, well, yeah,
0: because you have to keep inflection straight, you have to keep voice straight, you have to keep cadence straight. I couldn't do
1: it. Like I don't even like I, you know when you're going from the character's voice to you know the narration part and then back to the character's voice. I don't. How do you even do it? it just boggles my mind.
2: I, I oh, can well. barely do like a Zoom call in work. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> for, have, like people
0: <laughs> so mark remember keep in mind you're listening you're, you're speaking to a gentleman who's never heard an episode of his own podcast
2: right right i, I hate the sound of my voice that's funny I, it, it's weird because i'm not from the u.s right so my accent is like not what it used to be so it's like a weird transatlantic mission mash of Northern <laughs> Ireland and Florida. <laughs> well,
1: and that's and it's kind of the same reason why I don't listen to my I don't listen to my audiobooks. I just because you know I'm like, ooh, that scene didn't kind of come away across the way I meant it to, or I should have done this, or you know, why did I do that? So I kind of I avoid it it's that way. I don't have to I don't have to think about it. What I could have done or
2: nothing. so. How does that work? Because um, I always feel like very self-critical if I try to do anything creative. Like, whenever you're writing something, do you look back and do you... Like, obviously you don't because you were very prolific, but, like, whenever I write something, I, I look at it like, it's a sentence, but I'll spend, like, 15 minutes being like, this this is terrible. And <laughs> so I could never get anything
1: done. Uh, I find that the most important thing for me to do is... Get it down on paper because one, you know, computer screen paper. But because once it's down, you can manipulate it. At least you've got the core, the nugget of the idea you're trying to get across. It's down, and you can beef it up, clean it up, make it clearer. You know, embellish whatever you need to do. And then, thankfully, I've got a wonderful editor that can fix all my crap. So it helps.
2: Do, do you ever uh, suffer from writer's block? Nope. No. Th-
0: does gym, beer help with that? Jim, do you? Know? <laughs> I, I don't write, so no. I don't <laughs> suffer from it at all. Uh, I, I tried to write in junior high, and I realized I was just regurgitating every horror movie I'd ever seen. I've,
1: I've, I've come to the determination that writer's block is, to me, I'm not trying to broad, you know, cast a wide net, I think it's just a lack of focus. Uh, it's it's distractions. Uh, it's, so what I do is I uh, I crank music in the morning, and that kind of floods out all the other thoughts, all the other noises, and I can focus on what I want to write and to do.
2: Uh, we have to know what sort of music you listen to then.
1: I'm more into the driving rock type of uh, genre, but I I mean I I like. A lot of different genres of music. Except for jazz. I just can't stand yeah. jazz. I
2: can't. <laughs> uh, it, jazz, uh, yeah, I'm a, exactly the same. I listen to a lot of different stuff. But jazz, it just, it's too all over the place. <laughs> <It's just>
1: like, <laughs> I don't know. To me, it's like four people that are playing completely different songs, and they're just standing in the same place.
0: that That's all.
2: Yeah. Jim, do you want to talk about your yacht rock? Obsession.
0: We don't need to talk about my yacht rock obsession. I do when when I'm at work, I prefer to listen to quote unquote yacht rock and we're all I think we're all roughly an age where we know what yacht rock is and we know what bands we're talking about. So I mean it just it puts me in a good mood. It's nice and mellow and it's chill when I'm at work. No, I have no problem with soft rock. Yeah. And then when I'm angry or I need to get shit done, I put on stuff like Five Finger Death Punch.
2: Oh Jesus Christ. Get some Dimmu Borgir or some, some who, some Norwegian death uh, like black metal oh, Dimmu yeah. Borgia. Yeah. like or- orchestral black metal. Great.
0: Yeah, not really into that. Although I do really like one Christian rock band. Uh,
2: skillet.
0: skillet is a f- yeah. has some good music. My son likes yeah. Skillet. I was I was surprised. I didn't realize that they were they were um, so heavily influenced by religion. But I, I like their music. Yeah.
2: if the music's good the music's good exactly
0: that's how i feel too i'm i i I don't pick too much stuff apart
2: so so mark i have a question that's not book related okay so you, you um you're from boston right yes and you're now living in maine is that correct yes do you like the cold weather? Love it.
0: Clear. I was gonna say clearly he does because in between there there was Colorado, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, what I find with the cold weather is it keeps people away. So.
2: Oh. Yeah.
0: yeah I think I'm on to someone. Yeah. We're so,
2: we're we're both here in Florida, so. Oh, sorry. I, I'm
0: originally, I'm originally from Connecticut, and I have family in Maine. Thank you very much, Mark.
2: Yeah, but you don't live there, Jim.
0: No, no. I just used to visit there on the summers uh, okay. with my grandparents. All right. cool so now now mark we're gonna do a get to know you segment if you don't mind okay so we are gonna I'm gonna ask you some questions and you just tell us you just answer honestly oh uh-huh. okay. <laughs> <laughs> give me a horror movie you hate
1: oh uh, you know I'm gonna be honest I don't Watch horror flicks, is that oh, good? Oh no, I know. I'm
0: sorry.
2: I don't. <laughs> There's few... Jim's question is gone. I
0: don't. Yeah, not... that's every every question is now gone. We're done. The, the, <laughs> the anxiety they produce in me, I, I don't
1: enjoy the feeling, so I don't uh-huh. generally watch them.
0: Well, that's fair. I mean, you do write you do write horror fiction, so I mean, I I can understand so that. I guess. It, the, yeah, the, the thing
1: about my horror is, I know what's going to happen. Right,
0: exactly. (laughs) There's no suspense involved. Right, and that's fair.
2: See, I I love horror. Um, If I want to be scared, um, I'll watch the news or documentaries or Uh, read history or or read, Um, like like horror movies. To me, like whenever I was ten, I might have been scared by one, but uh, that
0: is not true, Mark. You just told me about a movie you watched that turned your stomach.
2: Right, right, but that, but that's a specific fear. So Mark, I, I do not like heights. Um, so there's a movie that's out um, recently called Fall. Oh, about two girls about two girls that climb this like two thousand foot radio to- tower tower, oh. and uh, yeah, it, it just sets my like <laughs> height phobia. I, I can um, tell
1: um, you, the movie that scared me the most when I was a kid was um, Nightmare on Elm Street. That one. See? Freaked me out. Uh, I didn't hate it, but it freaked me out. And then, and I can tell you one I, I really enjoyed. My son made me watch. Was Descent, the the women's team. Yep. That, that was friggin' great flick. But, you know, still.
2: Yeah.
0: It was, but Mark has an issue with the U.S. version. He d- he doesn't like the ending. Oh.
2: Right, right. So well, well, yeah, yeah. The U.S. version where she gets out and she's in her car and everything's fine. Um, the the original version, um, she thinks she's out of the the cave, um, but then it cuts to her. She's still in the the cave, and she's like done for.
1: Didn't they do an extended ending that showed it like that, or they did? She, yeah, that, when, when it was released was original, on DVD.
2: That was the original ending, yeah.
1: Yeah, she imagined that she got out. There was a a movie like that too. I can't remember. Uh, I read the book first, but. This group of American idiot hikers were down like in the Mayan area and they came across this cursed hill and the
2: local... Yes, area. yeah. The, yeah, It's the, the plant one. It's yeah, the ruin. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The movie yeah. was different, the ending, than it was in the book. The book was a lot...
0: You know, I, I hated the movie. It's definitely different. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. But that, that movie was just... When the... When the plants started mimicking a ringing cell phone, I just lost all interest in that movie.
2: Well, I mean, you have to suspend your disbelief at some point. I,
0: well, Mark, as you well know, I, I have an issue with that.
2: Well, you don't like it when somebody's hair is dyed, strangely.
0: I, I do. There, there are certain things, uh, Mark, that will uh, will set me off about a movie that, that probably would not set most people off.
1: Uh, you know, I've definitely got my critics, too.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Hey, guys, I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick. I'll be right back. Okay. We'll wait. If y'all want bathroom break. We're not going to do anything. (laughs) Well, actually, while he's
0: gone, we can actually talk a little bit about the stuff we didn't want to spoil. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? So, I mean, given, given that you've written so, like, you said Book 20 is coming out in May, was it? Yes. So... How do you keep the story fresh for you, given that the this story this series has been going on for a while now, right?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've I've said it before. Um, you know, if it's no longer fun to write, I won't write it. You know, but it is still fun, and that was kind of uh, there was a shift from you know Mike and his family to now it's more of a, a military approach. Uh, is happening so you know it, it's fresh because it's new to me too you know we got uh, new cast right. characters for the most part w- interspersing the old ones in there um and then you know i can kill off people without feeling bad about it because they're not related to me you know
0: well that's true <laughs> <laughs> it opens up a whole new world right right i did i did once when i was a child write a story because i i used to like to think that i was eventually going to be an author where I killed off my sister, and she found it, and she beat the crap out of me.
2: Oh, Jesus. Uh, So, Mark, I'm sorry, I'm I'm just back here. So, you know, we pretend this is some sort of, like, horror movie or horror podcast, but it's really Jim's um, psycho eval podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Mark likes to figure out what is wrong with me. He he hasn't figured it out yet, though.
2: That's all right, because this is my therapy session, so we're good.
0: Exactly. That's what we call it. This is this is my weekly therapy session as we as we uh, delve into this stuff.
2: But I don't get paid for this, Jim. No,
0: nobody said you should. Your your advice is shit. So why would I pay for it?
2: I don't know. Anyway, um, Jim, do you have any more questions?
0: I, I don't. We were we talked a little bit while you were gone. Um, okay. At the moment, I don't. But I I like the way the conversation's just sort of evolving naturally.
2: Um. So, usually what we do, and Mark, we don't want to keep you longer than you need to be here, um, we usually do like a what we've watched section at the end, so just anything that you've watched in the last week or two. And uh, it does not have to be horror related. Or red or yeah, just anything you want to talk about. Well, can, game, I've been watching uh,
1: The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm enjoying the hell out of that. Uh, yeah.
2: Have you played the game? or, do you, or No, do you play I, games?
1: I'm not, I'm not, a, I am not i not I'm not coordinated gaming enough. Like, I can. I used to play sports all the time, and I love it, but, like, gaming coordination is a whole other thing, and I I just don't have it. You know, know, my my son will be trying to teach me how to work the Xbox controller, you know, while he's hacking me with a sword, you know, and, oh, you're dead again, Dad. And you're like, oh, come on, man. (laughs) Uh, No, so I haven't. But uh, it's Last of Us. Then someone turned me on. uh, My daughter-in-law shrinking it's on apple tv um Mm, yep i was like halfway into the first episode i'm like i don't know now i'm like on the fourth episode like this is great so i have been watching that and what the heck else i got watching something on netflix lockwood or something
0: lockwood and company lock oh lockwood and company that's the english the ghost the the ghost with the teenager yeah, the, the kids can see ghosts, but nobody else can. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one's pretty good. I saw I saw most of that one already. So that's kind of what I'm uh, going around in my carousel right now.
2: So what, do you, so what do you think of The Last of Us?
1: I like it. It's pretty good. I, I'm a big Pedro Pascal fan. Um,
2: yep.
1: I'm not sure how I feel about... Bella, I mean, she was so awesome in Game of Thrones. I mean, just yeah. this unique character. But I don't, I don't know if this is the way they mean for her to act in this um, in this show. I just, she, to, I don't know. It doesn't come off like she's acting at her best. But I, don't, I really don't know if that's the director telling it to do it that way. I mean, I just can't see her being a bad actress after what she did on Game of Thrones. You know, so. I'm not entirely sure what the hell's going on
2: there. Yeah, and back in the day, and I think a lot of people talked about um, Ellen Page, now Elliot Page, the The video game character is very similar to her looking, or him now looking. Um, I think, as far as her character in the show, I thought they made her very kind of unlikable for a lot of the episodes, and that, I think they've changed that more recently, where she's more likable. But yeah, uh Pedro Pascal is great in everything. I've seen him in. Yep. And it's it's funny we've got two Game of Thrones characters. <laughs> yeah. Having full adventure, right?
1: just just you know her facial expressions don't match what she's saying a lot of times and I you, you know there'll be some serious dialogue and she, I to me it looks like she's smirking or something. I'm like I don't it kind of t- throws me off a bit. But for the most part I enjoy the show. You know. So Yep.
0: Minor I Agree. <laughs> Mark, Jim, what do
2: you oh. got? Um I've watched a few things. Um I watched a twenty twenty-two movie called Nocebo. Not heard which,
0: of
2: that one. Which is you might think it's a foreign movie, but it's actually not. Um it's a uh, movie about a fashion designer um uh, played by Eva Green. Oh, I like Eva Green. Yeah, I like Eva Green, too. And her husband's Mark Strong, and I like him, too. He's a good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, at the start, she um, she's doing, like, this fashion show, but she has to go to the back, and there's nobody there. But she sees this dog, and it's, like, a mangy dog with, like, it looks like it's blind, and it's got ticks all over it. And the dog shakes, and all the ticks fly off and one of them uh, attaches to the back of her neck. Cool. Oh. Um, coming
0: up point, in the woods. I know that that's not an uncommon occurrence. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> ticks are ticks are so nice. Like, I'm the sort of person that um, I have a pool. Like, if bugs fall in there, I rescue them. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, ticks and mosquitoes, I can't do them. Like, especially ticks. My my dogs have it ticks in the pack. Uh, it's just gross. Yeah. Um, so she, she's got this tick on her back, and, and then it skips forward a certain amount of the time. And, you know, it's almost like Lyme disease she has. She's very sick. And um, and then this woman turns up at her door, this uh, woman from the Philippines. And she's like, oh, oh, oh hi. And she says her name. And like, I'm here to help. And she's like, well, I've been having memory issues. So maybe she's here to help around the house. So she comes in and it's one of these kind of interloper things, you know, that there's something going on, kind of supernatural, um, with this, uh, like housemaid and, um, it, it, it was actually pretty good. It was fairly predictable, but it said some interesting things about, uh, like sweatshops and, you know, she's a fashion designer Somebody from the Philippines coming in is manufacturing there, so you can see kind of the motive. It's, that's not a big spoiler because it's fairly obvious. It was well acted, well directed. Um, it was pretty good.
0: Okay.
2: macebo I don't know what Macibo means. I don't think they even mention it in the movie, so it's it's probably a Philippine word But something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, sticking with kind of like the. Like the foreign influence, but it's a a, a U.S. movie or a Western movie. Um, I watched the 2022 Sandra O. Oh movie Uma.
0: What did you think? I I I I've seen it.
2: So I I thought this was pretty average. This was very. I, I can't, it's weird that I watched like some of these kind of like supernatural. Type things uh, with the same thematic elements. Um, I, I it was all right. Yeah, uh, it,
0: it wasn't. It wasn't fantastic, it wasn't anything groundbreaking. But I thought it was pretty good.
2: I, I, again, whenever you look at some of these movies, it's mm-hmm. like the story points are pretty obvious, I and mean, you can tell what they're doing, and mm-hmm. it's kind of by the numbers. But it's well made, and it's decently acted, so you can't be like, oh, well, this is terrible right but it's just not nothing memorable well
1: that's 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 the thing with so many places out there streaming services there's so much content you know and there's so much pressure Mm -hmm. to put stuff out that you know a lot a lot of it is predictable and boilerplate and you kind of know what's going to happen but it fills a slot, you
2: know. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't mean that something that's predictable is necessarily average, because maybe the way that they pull it off is something more interesting than the kind of the general plot. But those those two ones were just kind of like, ah, they're all right. They're all right. I, 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 you know, I don't regret regret spending an hour and a half with them. Um, so, Mark, I,
0: I have a little bit of news for you. Uh oh. The nocebo effect is said to occur when negative expectations of the patient regarding a treatment cause the treatment to have more negative effects than it otherwise would have. That is what nocebo means.
2: Oh and there there I was thinking it was a Philippine word. You did. But that's okay. I, I'm obviously not very erudite. But... <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, the next one i watched um uh, i hadn't seen before uh, but it's dario argento's um first movie uh the bird with the crystal plumage
0: i'm old for, for three here <laughs> right <laughs> uh,
2: it'll probably be over four in a second uh,
0: <laughs> more, more than likely he does have very uh interesting picks most of the time
2: um so so most people know Dario Argento for like Speria, those yeah. th- uh, types of movies. Um, so this was really, and I guess this was a movie that really put giallo movies in that. Um, Jim, do you want to tell Mark what a giallo movie is?
0: It means yellow.
2: Okay. okay so that- it's essentially
0: it's essentially like a, a grimy film. Like, you know, something oh. that would have taken place. What?
2: Not necessarily. Well, probably. but go ahead. In my
0: experience, it, it is. But it's essentially a movie that Mark's going to force me to watch that I'm going to hate.
2: <laughs> so, Mark, uh, have you heard the term Giallo? You might know that uh,
0: everything
1: you said was cut out.
0: He, he, was wondering, he was wondering if you had heard of the term Giallo no. when it comes to film. No.
2: So Giallo um, is uh, uh, like a subgenre from Italy. Uh, Basically, they are like uh, murder mysteries, usually with a black-loved killer, Um, and usually having elaborate deaths. And the word yellow means yellow, which comes from like the novels that they were kind of based on, and uh, the novels were like pulpy, uh, like mass media, you know, kind of lurid stuff. But the average person in Italy would be able to afford, and they're titillating, uh, and uh, the the pages would be yellow because they're like um, cheaper material. So there's a whole genre of movies in Italy called Giallo, mm. which has got this murder mystery aspect to it. Um, this one, um, <laughs> this one was um, an, an interesting movie. Um, the start and the end were great, but it was filled with weird, silly stuff in the middle. Um, you could really say tell like a template for something better to come after it. Um, so I thought Argento Diablo first one has got his, more historical uh, kind of uh, importance than being that good. Um, okay. So I gave it, you know, if I'd rate it, probably a 6.5 out of 10. I've was- never
0: heard you give anything less than a 6. Oh, what? That, that's your probably mouth. your median score, sir.
2: You've never heard me give anything less than a 6. No. That's, that's bullshit. I will just <laughs> <in a> rank. <laughs> it's kind of a rink. Oh, well,
0: yeah. We, we didn't actually down. grade that one.
2: No, there, there's some movies I hate, but, uh, I, I, I mean, for most creative things, I usually give them a little, you know, there's effort there if it's not, like, totally embarrassingly bad, you know. Uh, the last thing that I watched was a 2020 movie called Anything for Jackson. Okay. Oh, and,
0: wait, well, I've heard of this one.
2: Yeah, this is a movie about, like, an aging couple. Um, they're probably in their 60s, and... Um, who kidnap a pr- uh, pregnant woman, and uh, they've recently joined like a satanic cult, oh. and what they kind of want to do is like a reverse exorcism, where um, their grandson Jackson, who had died, um, they kind of want to put his soul into the baby of this okay. pregnant woman.
0: I did see this movie. Okay,
2: um, I thought I thought this was the most interesting of the movies I watched this week. Yeah. I, I I thought the actors were really good. It had a weird kind of feeling about it. They they had some interesting paranormal stuff going on. Um, yeah. And um, as as far as movies and obviously The Last of Us, I watched. Um, that that's all I watched. I've kind of got back into gaming a little bit. Um. I was, <laughs> I was playing, <laughs> this is going to sound terrible, I was playing Hot Wheels. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. <I> mean,
2: <laughs> Just going back into, back into your childhood. Yeah? It, it's a pretty good racing game, uh, but it's got like the orange tracks and like the loop-de-loops and stuff. Oh, cool. um, it was pretty fun. Um, on Oculus VR, um, I've got into Pistol Whip, which is a cool kind of shooting a game. Yep. And um, oddly enough, I've never played golf, but I just bought Golf Plus. Uh, it's it's fun. Like, VR just makes things that you normally wouldn't do more interesting.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so if you I, say so. I, well, have you, have you tried VR, Jim?
0: I, I have not, because
2: and I then, have an eye you condition, so it makes me sick. Shut your whore mouth. <laughs> you don't so
0: know my list is considerably shorter than yours um i did watch a documentary on shutter called memory which is essentially the story of alien and how it was conceived and all that kind of stuff i thought that was really interesting to see all the places that you know ridley scott ripped the story off from um so
2: so did did that talk about the green slime Yep. did it it? wow that that's super interesting I watched um, all the documentaries on the Alien Quadrology. Yeah. Um, box. So, like, I started that um, documentary, but I'm like, I don't know if I'll get anything different from what I already know.
0: There's there's a lot in there that was interesting, and it may be because I didn't. I don't know as much about the films as you do, but
2: so here here's a fun fact. Have you heard of um, the Japanese movie Battle Royale? I have not. So a lot of people are like. You know, the Hunger Games is kind of ripping off Battle Royale. Right. So, Battle, Battle Royale is a movie about a bunch of um, Japanese uh, school kids, like high school kids. Right. Uh, and this is like a government program where every year a certain class was taken to this island
0: mm-hmm.
2: and they're, they're all given like a random weapon. Okay. And uh, there's only one person that can uh, get off the island, right? So, they all have to kill each other. Oh. Down to one person, right? Okay. The Hunger Games. So uh, that came out like I don't know, late nineties, early two thousands. But the director of that also directed the Green Slime from like nineteen sixty eight or whatever. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: Yeah. So um, the I don't have any other things that I've watched other than The Last of Us, which we've already talked about. Um, I'm all caught up on that. But I do have two audio books that I listen to. I started a book called Ink and Sigil, which is an urban fantasy. Mark, I know they're your favorite. Um, it takes place in the universe of another series that I like. It's by an author named Kevin Hearn. And then I, I did this little this little book that I don't know if any of you guys have heard of. It's called Zombie Fallout Zero. It's sort no. of a prequel story. No, never heard. And
2: no, I mean That was really... Who wrote
0: that? <laughs> I know, right? That was really interesting, though, because I honestly... I. I I really like the the whole story, but I do have a question for you about that. The senator in the book in uh, Fallout Zero. I don't know if it's the way that Sean was pronouncing his name, but was his name Dino? Yes. Oh my God, that pissed me off to no end. You have no idea, but it made sense for the story. <laughs> <laughs> And that's as much as I'll say about that, Mark. Right. But it, it was actually it was a really good it was a really good prequel. I really enjoyed that. Thank you, I appreciate it. No, thank you. Your content is awesome. I absolutely love listening to your to your stories. And I promise I will get into the other stuff no. after I finish.
1: There's no, after place. I finish Fallout.
0: There's no <laughs> I promise. And that's fair. I appreciate that, Mark. You have anything else?
2: No, uh, Mark. Uh, we just really appreciate you coming on. Um, it, it's been, you know, some. Much- so interesting hearing about your writing process about some of your stories uh, and um i'm looking forward to jumping into the uh, zombie fallout series well
0: thank you for yeah. having me on guys i appreciate it well thank you for coming i really appreciate it. this was a lot of fun and i, I really like getting to talk to the people that create this stuff that i enjoy
2: awesome yep P- people that are much more creative and skilled than us right jim
0: yeah exactly the people that i aspire to be someday let, let me I know when up. you get them on your show <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll do that. But thank you sir. I appreciate it. And to everybody else, thanks for listening. All right, jump. Good night. Bye. Bye-bye.